0: I know self-publishing's not for everyone, nothing is, but if you've considered self-publishing for even a minute, listen up, because I'm betting I know what's holding you back from exploring it further or getting started. Number one, you think the self-publishing process is a lot harder than it actually is, and number two, you're understandably afraid of doing it, air quote, wrong. So I've created a new free resource for you. It's called the Self-Publishing Starter Kit, and you can get instant access to it by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash selfpublishing101. In this free training, you'll discover the exact four steps to focus on and mistakes to avoid, so you can publish an incredible book that's indistinguishable in quality from a New York Times bestseller without overthinking, overguessing, or overspending in areas that won't make a difference. Again, visit publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash selfpublishing101 to get instant access. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode six of Write the Damn Book Already. I am Elizabeth Lyons. I'm a five-time author and a book writing coach. I'm the founder of the Book Writing Accelerator, and I help people write powerful, persuasive, thought-provoking nonfiction and memoir. What I wanted to talk about today is the concept of a best-selling book. It's all the rage, and I know it's what so many of you want to write. And I want to offer an alternative to your thinking in this way. So many times we hear, well, I hear, you know, when I talk to people about, well, what, what do you want your book to do? Like, what's your goal? And they say, well, I want to be a bestseller. And I 100% get it. I do too, um, and I have been, and I understand. It's, it's thrilling, and it makes you feel awesome for a second. And, and also, you know, for most people, what that means is they're selling a lot of books. And for the people that I work with, it's not about, oh, I'm selling a lot of books because that means I'm making a lot, so that means I'm making a lot of money. What they're really saying is, I'm selling a lot of books. And what that means is that my message is really resonating with other people. People are enjoying the way that I walk them through my life experience or my business growth, my principles, my process, my thoughts, my insights, my essays, my wisdom, my perspectives, all of those things. They're resonating with it. It's it's somehow sparking them and it's causing them to think about their perspective a little bit. And in so doing, right, it expands all of us, all of humanity, because the minute that one person starts to think about things slightly differently, then they start to express those things slightly differently to the people in their circle, and on and on it goes. So when people say, oh, I want to be a best-selling author, I promise they're not saying, well, for one day, I want to sell 10,000 books so I can put $40,000 in my account, and then I don't really care if I ever sell another book. And also, I don't care if the people who bought the book ever read the book. I just really want to hit that number for one day and have that bank account go up by that amount for one day and then I'm done. That's all I want. I've never had anyone say that to me and I've never heard anyone say that. So when it comes to being a bestseller, There are a couple of different components that almost every truly bestseller, and by that I literally mean it's literally a bestseller. So it didn't hit number three in knitting or macrame on Amazon, even though it's a book about selling cars. It did like there were no black hat strategies used to hit a weird bestseller list. You know, anybody for the record can put on their cover number one international bestseller. I don't even know what that means, if I'm being honest. I've never known of a book to be a number one international bestseller. Like You're a number one, if you are a number one bestseller, it's on a particular platform and in a particular category. So that doesn't even make sense to me, but yet people still do it for one reason or another. So the... Bottom line is that when when we talk about true bestsellers, so books that hit New York Times bestseller or high up on USA Today, Wall Street Journal, and it's not been orchestrated in such a way that they don't stay there for more than five minutes, there's a reason that they have that kind of impact. And the reason is not one of the following things. It's not because they had the perfect title or subtitle. It's not because they decided to use like the most effective colors based on what the graphics people say the Pantone color of the year is or whatever on their cover. It's not that. It's not because they somehow managed to convince or pay or bribe like the latest TikTok influencer to make a video or do a reel or dance or something. It's not because of that. It's because they put themselves into the book. It is because they knew that their target audience is someone who doesn't just want to read the steps, They want to feel the feelings. They want to be sparked creatively. They want their growth to be sparked. They want their thought processes to be challenged. And because they know that that's wanted, they're willing to put it out there. Now, the challenge with this... Is that sometimes, in fact, most times when we're writing books, and I know this because I've written five such books, and I'm working on the sixth right now, and my sixth book is actually about how to write a book. And it's more than just the process. So I could sit down and write a 30,000-word book, 40,000-word book, just on the process that I teach or that I guide, really, because it's, it's a guide. It's a That's the whole thing, is guiding people through. Um I could write that and I could say, do this, and then do this, and then do this, and then do this. And for the record, that's in the book, just to be clear. That is included in the book. However, it's the other pieces, because those books have been done ad nauseum. I looked. Some of them are quite good, but they're just, hey, do this, then do this, then do this. Cool, now you have a book. And yet, Some of the people who buy those books still end up coming to me later and saying, I bought all these books and I, I still can't get it done. And the reason is because of the exact same reason that I'm navigating through as I'm writing my sixth book and that I navigated through as I was writing all the other books, most specifically my fifth book, Enough, and determining... Um, when When you're working to say what you want to say, when it comes down to your beliefs and your perspective and your process and all of those things, sometimes you recognize that the reason you're, quote, stuck, or the reason you have writer's block, or the reason you've decided that the garage has to be organized before you can write the next chapter is because it's hard to admit unto yourself that you're not entirely as clear as you need to be about a particular topic in order to be able to explain it in words that are permanent. So if you're with someone, or you're on a stage, or you're on the news, or you're at a coffee shop, or whatever, and someone asks you a question that you don't have full clarity on the answer yet, it is pretty easy, especially if you're used to doing it, to deflect a little bit. And we hear people do this all the time, where they don't answer the question that was asked. They answer sort of like a different question or they come around the back door and they answer the question. And in many cases, that's because either A, they don't want to talk about it, which is perfectly valid, I might add, or B, they're, they're, they're like, oh, God, I, I, I'm not a, I don't know. Like, I'm not 100% sure. And so what happens when we're writing the book many times is we get stuck in that I don't know. And then what happens is we convince ourselves that because we're stuck in the I don't know, that we're not enough of an expert on our own journey to be writing about it yet. So this is what's said. I'll get back to it when. As soon as I figure this thing out, I'll get back to it. As soon as I can process this experience, I'll come back to it. And that, you, that sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes you get through it and three months later, four months later, six months later, you come back to it and, and there you go until you get to chapter eight and you find yourself in the same boat. The solution to this is recognizing that writing a book is one of the most magnificent ways to unearth your truth. Before you put your truth out there in a way that other people can hear it, absorb it, learn, and grow from it, you have to hear it, absorb it, learn it, and grow from it. And there is nothing imposter syndrome-ish about recognizing and acknowledging oh my gosh, I think I got to think about this for a second. And that doesn't mean stuff it in the drawer. That means let's have a conversation about this. Like, what am I thinking? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? Where? Why was I stuck? Why does this feel uncomfortable right now to write about? What am I afraid of? What am I worried about? And you know why this is so brilliant to work through while you're writing the book? Because those questions will come up once the book is out. And when they do, you will have all the confidence in the world either to, one, answer them confidently, or two, say, you know what, that's not something that I touch upon because you didn't touch upon it in the book. And you are allowed to have those boundaries. I just want to make that very clear. You are 100% allowed to have the boundaries around what you do and don't want to discuss. You do not owe anyone a full expose on your life just because you wrote about part of it in a book. That's just one of the reasons why I love coaching writers in a small group container, because we all hear, feel, learn from, and reflect one another. So it becomes a collaborative experience in many cases, because I have such remarkable human beings with whom I work That we can all look at one another and go, well, wait a minute, is that really true? And when you start to be able to be lovingly challenged on some of the preconceptions that you've had about your own journey, which can be very challenging to look at because you're looking at yourself and it's like, oh God, you know, if there's one thing you can't escape, it's yourself, it's your own brain. And so to be able to do that in such a safe and loving and supportive environment where you come out the other side feeling expanded and knowing, oh my gosh, I like if it were just if it left to my own devices, I would have just shut the computer, or put the writing away for the day, the month, the year. But Working with other people. And and so even if you're not, if you have a writing group that you work with or a writing partner that you work with, having someone, I just so encourage you when you feel yourself having those moments where you feel stuck to not push through, but to challenge yourself and invite yourself and then like accept the invitation to grow through it and to really, really feel it. And let it come out because it will not only, it impacts everyone. It impacts you. It impacts your reader. And going back full circle to where this episode started, that's what your reader wants. That's what your reader wants from you, is you. They want to know it all. And again, so I've said it, You do, that doesn't mean you owe it to them. You don't owe them everything. But they want to see themselves in you. They, they look at you right now before reading your book, before getting to know the intimate details behind your journey that you haven't shared. And they think, well, they come up with some reason why you made it through and they can't. And it's in sharing the details in a powerfully vulnerable way that your reader can go, oh, my God, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who's ever felt that way. And also, I can't believe that this person who I hold in such high regard also felt that way. And also, if he or she did and they got through it, then maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance that I can get through it too. Oh, and I had this notion that they found their success in 4.2 months. And I've been at this for, you know, 11 months. And now I learned that it actually took them 24 months. So I can breathe. I'm not behind. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not late to the party. I'm right on time because I didn't know. And now, thanks to their honesty, thanks to their vulnerability, their powerful vulnerability, now I know that. I was mistaken in my assumptions. And that's what creates a level of connection and rapport that has no price tag. There is no value that you can put on that in the currency with which we currently operate. Because it truly transforms someone's life. I read every single day, and maybe I'm an anomaly, but I do. And I am transformed every single day. By learning some small piece of information, either factual, tactical, or like historical, their life story, their journey, something they felt, from someone I hold in extremely high regard. And sometimes I don't hold them in high regard because the world holds them in high regard. I hold them in high regard because they just did the damn thing, whatever the damn thing is, and then they wrote about it. But they didn't just whip it out in a weekend to be able to say, oh, my God, I wrote a book. Go buy it. It's $4.99. Like, I'm just looking to fill the coffers. And I just want to be able to slap number one international bestseller on the cover because I think that's going to take me to the moon. It's not going to take you to the moon. And it's not going to take anybody else to the moon. The way anybody goes to the moon, and I'm sorry I've hitched my whatever to the moon here, but the the way that you do it is by your growth propels their growth. And then you, you surrender to it and what comes from it comes from it and of course you continue to take action and all these things and this is exactly what i wrote about in enough is it's the it's the balance of execution and surrender the balance of what and how and when and and doing and then just being and it's 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 critical and i don't think that we talk about it enough and i think we're talking about it more but in the book writing space what we don't talk about enough is the internal shift That writing a truly powerful, truly best-selling book has on you and has on your reader. And the reason it has the impact on the reader is because it had it on you. If you sit down and just whip something out in three hours or or, or three days and you don't put your heart into it, your reader will not feel that heart. There will not be a heart connection. There will be no communion. There will be no uh, transfer of that kind of energy. And that's what people are craving. Not all people, but if you're listening to this, I'm betting you're one of those people. So I encourage you to think about that a little bit differently today and this week as you move forward. If you'd like more tips, tricks, resources, Um, or greater support when it comes to writing powerful nonfiction or memoir, you can check out my website, elizabethlyons.com. I've got several downloads and programs. The book writing accelerator right now is enrolling for our July container. So I invite you to check that out and see if it's a good fit for you. If so, please go ahead and, and apply so that we can have a conversation and make sure that it's the right fit for you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I would be so grateful if you'd like, subscribe, and even share so that I can continue to get the word out to more and more people who are looking to tell their story and just not sure where to start or how to keep going. Whatever you do, have an incredible rest of your day and write the damn book already.